Welcome to this JPEN podcast highlighting a paper by Dr. Roland Dickerson and colleagues entitled The Influence of Aging on Nitrogen Accretion During Critical Illness. This paper comes to us from the Department of Clinical Pharmacy and Surgery at the University of Tennessee Health Science Center. I'd like to welcome Dr. Dickerson, who is Professor of Clinical Pharmacy there. Welcome, Dr. Dickerson. Thank you. So what you've done is take a look at nitrogen accretion in critical illness among young through older individuals. Tell us about the impetus for this work. Why did you conduct this study? Well, recent studies, and actually older studies as well, indicate that the provision of protein in older patients tends to have a reduced accretion rate. In other words, there appears to be some level of anabolic resistance in older patients, which may account for some of the sarcopenia that we see as they age. But also uh, what we think is important is that a lot of this data looking at older patients has been demonstrated to be overcome with just excessive or, or increased amount of protein. So the question we had is does this phenomenon occur during critical illness since all the studies up to this point in time have dealt with healthy older patients? Okay, very good. This certainly has implications for the level of protein provision we provide to them. Tell us what you did. How did you address this question then regarding the methodology and experimental design? This is a retrospective study over a four-year period. We have a pretty active nutrition support team where we get nitrogen balances on all our critically ill patients on a weekly basis. So we decided that we would go back and look at those patients that were older and younger to try to ascertain if there was a difference in their nitrogen balances at a range of, of nitrogen intake. So as I said, it was a retrospective study. All patients had to have an accurate urine collection, which was determined by at least a 90% or greater creatinine clearance as estimated by the Cockroft-Galt equation. Patients had to be measured within 5 to 14 days post-injury and had to receive enteral parental nutrition at the time of the collection. Patients excluded included patients with acute kidney injury or chronic renal disease, severe liver dysfunction, thermal injury, patients that were pregnant or had received concurrent corticosteroids, penobarbital, or had an ad libitum oral intake. We also excluded those patients that were obese that were receiving hypochloric high-protein nutrition therapy. So then we subcategorized these patients, those that were 60 years of age and greater, compared to 18 to 59 years of age, and looked at nitrogen accretion across the range of protein intakes and compared the two. So within your unit, do you have a specific protocol when you get a negative nitrogen balance at a certain level to increase then the protein provision, or how do you guys handle that as would have applied to these patients in the retrospective review? Well, yeah, we do do that. It's somewhat empiric, but it's really from the standpoint of trying to reduce the level of catabolism as much as we can 
there is a point where additional protein may not result in a further improvement in nitrogen accretion. And we kind of looked at that a couple of years ago in J-trauma, and we saw a plateau effect somewhere around 1.7 to 2.2 grams per kilo per day. But in general, what we will do is we will try to push the protein intake to try to achieve nitrogen balance of approximately minus 5 or better grams per day if we can. In some patient populations, you know that's not going to be possible. For example, someone with spinal cord injury that doesn't move, they're going to be extremely catabolic, irrespective of protein intake. But the intent is to try to minimize the protein catabolism. And there have been a couple papers, uh, one from JPAN, actually, in January 2012 by Lyges, and another paper out of Lancet in 2013 that did show an improvement in clinical outcomes with increased protein intakes and with improved nitrogen balance. Yeah, very good. Now, what did you find then in your chart review? Well, what we found was that unlike what we expected, we expected both younger and older patients to parallel each other in response to increases in protein intake. We found like with the younger patient population, as we increased the protein intake, nitrogen balance improved and then it started to taper off somewhere in the the two gram per kilo per day range, showing a convex relationship. And we expected the older patients to parallel that, perhaps at a worsen nitrogen balance. Uh, To our surprise, we found that older patients tended to have a more concave relationship in relation to protein intake and that there was a blunting of improvement in nitrogen accretion or nitrogen balance as we increased the protein intake until they got to about one and a half grams per kilo per day. And then we saw a significant improvement in nitrogen balance at that point. So it was almost the opposite effect of what we observed in the younger patients. We also, as we anticipated, saw a greater BUN concentration at a given level of protein intake compared to the younger patients. However, it wasn't really clinically relevant. Okay, so when I think about protein balance in critically ill, there's a few factors that come to mind that might be in play here. So injury severity, level of inflammation, non-protein energy intake. Were these issues included in your stats as covariance so that you could specifically look at protein intake, or how did you handle that? Yeah, we did look at some of these other factors. There was a significant difference in injury severity scores between older and younger patients, but the younger patients tend to be more catabolic than the older patients. Again, we didn't use Apache 2 scores since older patients tend to contribute more to their Apache 2 score for age points and chronic disease points. We did look at energy intake during the nitrogen balance saw no difference between the two. And we did have to alter how we prescribed calories to older patients because we couldn't really dose it based on weight. We were trying to avoid overfeeding of the older patients, which can happen when you try to do weight-based estimates without measuring their energy expenditure. So in general, the younger patients did receive a little more calories. Nevertheless, I think the differences that we saw between the rates of nitrogen accretion between the two 
was really remarkable and probably the most important finding. So although that additional energy could have spared some of the protein, you think that the magnitude of the change was so different that it really isn't a realistic contributor or explanation for that result? The energy intake difference was statistically insignificant between the two groups. It was at the median of 13 calories per kilo per day. Okay, very modest. Now, help me think through the metabolism aspect of protein synthesis versus degradation. You've told us a lot about anabolic resistance in these elderly patients, and that makes good sense, but in the context of critically ill, my head is far more on the metabolism, and I understand that it's a spectrum, but there are different processes at play here. Can we infer any synthesis versus degradation issues from your data, or do we really need to move more to a tracer type of prospective study? To determine the dynamics of what is making the contribution to nitrogen balance, since nitrogen balance is a net effect, you really do need tracers to be able to identify whether it's catabolism versus anabolism, although I think parental nutrition and natural nutrition in general, as you increase the protein intake, protein synthesis does improve, and that's been shown in the past even in critically ill patients, and that's the predominant effect of nutrition during that extreme catabolism. Couldn't that be due to a reduction in the catabolism that's going on, though? It's possible, Uh, although other studies have shown that nutrition therapy during critical illness predominantly influences the synthetic side of that equation. Again, without any isotope markers, we really can't conclusively state whether it's synthesis or catabolism. The only indirect marker we have of catabolism is creatinine excretion, and the urinary creatinine excretion rate tends to parallel worsening nitrogen balance as you build more muscle you have more creatinine excretion. And that was very evident in the younger patients. And in the older patients, that was not so evident. There was more scatter in that data. The slope was was much flatter. And what about the protein quality slash composition? Are there specific amino acids that could be beneficial in that scenario that may have been unbalanced with the protein provision provided in your study? Well, we were giving, you know, standardized either intra or parental nutrition formulas. So we weren't doing a lot of extra supplementation with, say, leucine or something like that, although a lot of our critically ill patients do get glutamine-supplemented enteral formula, but we didn't really have a, an extreme imbalance where a lot of patients or some patients were getting a substantial amount of, say, leucine versus other amino acids. Okay, very good. So when it comes then to a recommendation for the bedside clinician, can you summarize your take-home message from this work? I would suggest that our data suggests that older patients need at least one and a half grams per kilo per day of protein post-injury, and also that the BUN does not markedly go up in most patients. It is slightly higher, and it is statistically significant in terms of median, but it's not to the point of causing any kind of clinical concerns for azotemia. However, all the older patients should be monitored for that, and nitrogen balance would be recommended. 
Very good. Thank you, Dr. Dickerson, for taking the time to discuss this important work with us today. This is Kelly Tappenden, Editor-in-Chief of the Journal of Parental and Enteral Nutrition. Please do look in the March 2015 issue of JPEN for Dr. Dickerson's and colleagues' paper entitled The Influence of Aging on Nitrogen Accretion During Critical Illness. Thanks once again. Thank you.